When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast comes in association with Nutmeg, the Scottish Football Periodical. The subscription-only quarterly publication is filled with top-quality writers, great articles, and fascinating stories about the beautiful game in Scotland. Get your subscription at www.nutmegmagazine.co.uk. Scottish football podcast, the hipster podcast that knows that possession and corners are what really matters in football. My name is Craig Cairns and joining me today as always is two beautiful human beings. First of all, he breaks bread with Premiership footballers, it's Graham Thulis. Hello. And he busts myths with facts and a large slice of disdain, it's Craig Anderson. (laughs) Alright. And today we're just going to go through our usual Premiership roundup. There was one game that fell victim to the weather, so just the five games. And we're going to start at Easter Road, where Hibs beat Motherwell 2-0. And the possession stats in this game, it was Hibs 49%, Motherwell 51%, and Hibs uh, lost out actually on corners by 4-6. to six. Yeah, So it's three points for Motherwell. Yep, Craig Brown will be absolutely raging by about all of this. Uh, the original football hipster, as it as it comes to, um, yeah, Hibs are good. Mm. Are Hibs good? <laughs> I generally, I generally have no idea. Like the game, I I just I, I didn't obviously see this game. Just the highlights really look good, but last week I thought they were atrocious against Rangers. And they got, got a point. point. Got a point though. They were a lot better in the second half in that game. They were mm. terrible in the first half. Yeah. Barely kicked the ball in the first half of that game. But again, this game. Motherwell were not particularly helped by the fact and again you play the conditions obviously but Motherwell given that the last sort of six, seven, eight games have been very pace orientated for Motherwell and it was a heavy pitch um, at Easter Road it was wet it was sluggish it was a miserable miserable day for football 
uh, which I imagine this one, along with uh, St Johnson's Mirren and uh, also the Aberdeen game, would all have been solved by by summer football coming in because that would be essentially would be what two weeks into the season at yeah, this yeah. point. So we'd be losing games and the weather would be crap and there'd be no football played. But we'd get to the knockout stages in the Europa League. That is true. That is that is a fact. And that we'd get there. Anyway, um, are we going to talk about this game now? <laughs> nah. Honestly, no, massively. Ultimately, Hibs were, were, were well worth the three points, even at the in, in the, sort of the the last dying embers of the game. Uh, Danny Johnson had a couple of really good chances to finish, and just uh, the way the ball was bouncing around the box and not going at the net. It was very, if that had happened in the first five minutes, it would have been a case it was not our day. And ultimately, uh, I only saw it in the highlights because it took me forever to get in Easter Road. But I was hitting the post in the first two minutes. That would should really if I'd seen that I could have just left at that point because that was really the highlight for Motherwell during the game. It was some day for David Gray. I mean, the the first thirty seconds he gets absolutely done by pace and skill of Aribe. Um He then goes on to get booked while injuring himself. Stays on because they're you'll, you'll hang it out till half time. Yeah, the, the Hibs defence is just a list of casualties at the moment. Uh, they've already dropped Milligan in there as makeshift. He then scores a trademark header. Uh, limps back into position, <laughs> manages to survive until half time. Sorry, sorry. So I say David Grave, like the amount of his goals for Hibs that have been headers for a guy that's not that at all. No, and, yeah. and, and again, the the fact that he's, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, not going to be rude on the basis of the fact that he is, uh, he is also very bald, um, so his head is very, very shiny as well. So you would imagine at that point that surely if your head's that shiny, you're quite noticeable in the box as well, but apparently not. Um, yeah, ultimately, it was it was really poor defending from Motherwell. Um, for, for certainly the second goal, first goal was not particularly great either. Uh, Aldred again has been fantastic over the various weeks. It's, it's difficult to be particularly critical of him, um, but it was a penalty. Yeah. It was a goal, and whatever else during the game. I was actually, I know why he wasn't, but actually that's really a red card, isn't it? I was surprised he wasn't got he wasn't put off as well yeah. actually because again. There was somebody behind me kept saying double jeopardy, and I was like, "What? Well, he's it's not, not for handball. He's, he's, he's not tried to play the ball yeah. at all. He, he is unfortunate, and I think the way in which he it was definitely handball. There's no question about it. But I think the way that he turned his back and swung his arm up, the way he could make an argument that he didn't see it and it wasn't intentional, even though it was absolutely an intentional handball. But yeah, I think I think in the end he was a little bit fortunate with that. Um, from a Hibs point of view, the player that really impressed me was Omiyonga. Um, he so the first time I saw him play remember the boy in Nelom that they had at the start of the season yeah, and he played at Robbie Park Left he's back. got the same hairdo like the kind of dreadlock thing and I kind of struggled to dis- disassociate the two guys but that boy Nelom was fucking rubbish <laughs> and Omionga looks very good um, it was funny as well because again Omionga's debut was obviously at, at Firth Park and in a game which sort of sparked Motherwell's winning run and in that game he did, he was just not up to speed by all accounts. He was essentially just off the plane from from Italy, um, and was just thrown at the starting lineup because that makes perfect sense for a Neil Lennon signing. Um, but he and that gave me nothing. Yes, on on Saturday, sorry, he absolutely ran the show. Neil, Neil Lennon, the man who felt that he could thrust Effie Ambrose into a Champions League knockout match about two minutes after he arrived back from the yes, African Nations. Exactly the same as that. Yes. Uh, but yeah, he, you're absolutely right. He absolutely ran the show uh, all day on Saturday. Um, the mother of midfield didn't really have anything. Didn't have an answer for it. Um, I really enjoyed, like, last year. Uh, I really enjoyed the Motherwell Hibs games because it was sort of Campbell and, and John McGinn battling in midfield. It was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Campbell looked just a little bit jaded on on Saturday. Um, Goring is. I was going to mention this as well. Goring's an absolute. 
in terms of players that Motherwell need to hold on to at this period and, and between now and the end of the season Gorin is, is top of the list for me he's uh, a perfect partner for um, they've got such a good balance in there with the three in the middle any of the midfielders so you basically I was thinking about this recently um, Motherwell are almost like a, an international team from 2010 or something where they have this um Striker who doesn't really score, but it's a great facilitator. They've got two very, very kind of silky, pacey guys in the wing, and then you've got a ten, an eight, and a six in the centre. And it's just a, it's just a perfect balance. I get you've, you've actually. Am I being too hipster? Yeah, you see, you're verging into hipster territory there. <laughs> you've absolutely nailed on to Sarah White as well, and Curtis Mayen had an absolute shocker um, from from start to finish, as he's prone to doing. Um, and really, Motherwell do have a, a big job in the summer. I get as they do every summer in terms of, of rebuilding it. It was something which came up in an interview with um, Stephen Robinson the other day, talking about how every sign they makes a gamble for the money we can pay here. It's not there's not one sign that we can say this will definitely work. We sign them, we try and make them better, and we're not bad at it, which is entirely fair. And this season, as much as it has, it looks like it's going to sort of peter out, I find it difficult to be particularly critical. Um, Saturday was Robinson's 100th game in charge of Motherwell, which makes him one of 10 people that have made it that many, mm-hmm. uh, which is an incredible number. Um, mm-hmm. Both for reaching 100 games and only 10 managers in Motherwell's history having made 100 games. Um, but in that period as well, you, you, at the start of this season, obviously last season as well, you lost Moult at Christmas, you lost Keepray this summer, you lost Bowman, Rose left in January as well, Craig Tanner's been broken forever, and you've got all these, just this sheer number of bodies, guys who were key players at Motherwell, and I understand it's the same for a lot of clubs, um, but for Motherwell particularly, given that we don't have anybody to burn money, like Dundee yeah. at the moment are losing a fortune, and their season tickets have gone up again. If they go down, again, a serious bother for them. Their, their owners have made it clear that they have to stay up in order to continue. And you've got clubs like Ross County who are likely to come up and who are likely to, again, spend a lot of money. The, um, the, the thing with Motherwell, though, is I think if you'd said in November the way it was going, uh, yeah. you'd have been like, no, this is this has been a wasted season, a bad season. But now, even though they're probably going to finish 7th or 8th in the league, it's definitely not been a wasted season in the sense that going into next season, they're going to, okay, some of them, yeah. like Hasty might leave, but they've got this crop of young, exciting players who they've bled in. A couple more to come as well. And they're going to be able to think of, like, you've got um, Maguire who's been out in loan at Queenly South who potentially... It's been doing fine yeah, by all accounts as well. Um, it was Queenly South, is that right? I'm, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I was sure it was, and then I was like, because <laughs> I was just thinking Big Ian Wilson from Kelly's there as well, and I'm thinking that's yeah. a very young team. I thought it was probably why they're doing badly. Um, <laughs> and uh, they... Yeah, they've got these boys to come into the team and you start looking for next season and be like, oh, Motherwell are going to be a bit of a, a force yeah. next year. And uh, that's kind of what, what I was, in a very roundabout way, is kind of what I was getting to. And that Curtis Main, none, none of Motherwell's centre forwards are useful at the moment. Curtis Main has six goals this season. Uh, Edinburgh City, Clyde, Hearts, Kelly, Rangers and Livingston over the course of 33, 36 games. It's, it's just not good enough. I understand that he's there as a facilitator and all that mm-hmm. and get other people to play and he's been Well, he is in the system now. Yeah. yeah, the system before he was expected to score a bit more. But, well, just, you still expect him to score more in this one as well. goals because he's a centre-forward. Yeah. Um, Danny Johnson has played that centre-forward role as sort of the middle in the way that, or he's tried to in the way the main has. Can he do it? He, yeah. he, he cannot. There was an interview with him earlier in the season which left me with sort of alarm bells ringing as he was saying that oh, essentially I'll score goals um, and that's all I need to do I mean no he, he always looks like a kind of on the shoulder kind of runner right, rather yeah. than that So, and, and he's probably playing a level above himself as yeah. well I think, I think Saturday showed his limitations he's had some great moments this season but I think Saturday showed his I limitations more, more than that the week before when we were three up against Livingston and, and strolling he came on 
and just he, he didn't do anything. Hamilton. Really. Oh, sorry, Hamilton. Hamilton yeah. yeah. Um, he just he offered nothing. He, he just he simply can't play that role. And again, that's not really a massive criticism of him because you're asking him to do something which is, as you say, a level above himself. And in addition, a difficult thing to do if you've never done it before. Um, and he, he can't do it. James Scott, with all the, I think he is a very talented player. And I think he will be someone for us simply because he's such a giant of a human being but he's just not ready um, you saw, you've seen that a few times this season in the Ross County game in the Ironbrook Cup he gave the certain halves a run around great brilliant when he came up against Milligan and Hanlon he, he barely got a kick um, just because they're two guys that are just a level above where he's played before and he's not quite ready for it yet yeah it was a pivotal result for Hibs in their quest to finish in the top six it kind of almost puts um, yeah, Motherwell out of reach yeah. Um, and this is Hibs' best run of the league season despite having the tactical genius Neil Lennon on board <laughs> earlier in the season um, and another standout player we should maybe talk about is Daryl Horgan it looked about as comf- uncomfortable a game Richard Tate has ever had it's, at Motherwell it, it, the way Horgan for the penalty Horgan just took him to the cleaners and then it was a really I, I saw because I, I knew there was a goal coming you can kind of tell from the way the edit's yeah. going on on sports scene um, and there looked, there was a runner coming in at the back post and I forgot the goal was a penalty actually and I saw the runner coming in at the back post and I was like oh Horgan's going to slot this across and it was real composure to kind of cut it back instead and it kind of took several other old players including Aldred in fact out of the game which is why Aldred was then kind of desperately scrambling back yeah. and it's just that's what I like in a player it's like the cool head in that position to get there and not just lash it across the face but to actually have a bit of a deft touch to it which um yeah. Yeah. Um, the the Hanlon Milligan, uh, Obiongo and, and Horgan, the, the four of them are absolutely terrific. Camberry still out on the left. Is I mean he's working hard. He's working really hard out there. It looked like in the highlights there was times where he was on the left and Omionga was in the centre, and there were times when Omionga was left and Camberry. Yeah. I've not seen the whole game it's, through. It's, it's a little bit fluid and, and Hibbs. Um, again, it's easier to do when you're, when you're two goals up. Um, well, shutting Motherwell down at the back, and the centre halves had a lot of possession, which is why Motherwell probably two percent more possession and therefore got the three points. Um, <laughs> but the way in which they, they were quite happy to give Dunn and, and Aldred the ball, and even to that extent, just quite happy for Dunn of the ball because he can only make one pass, which is a big clip down the line. left through. It's all they could do. And again, not to be critical of Charlie Dunn, but every time we play Hibs, they from the back they play quick diagonals and that was under Lennon it's under Hacking Bottom now and Motherwell just at no point have we figured out a way to deal with it particularly uh, we'll move on to the next game which is at Ibrox it was Rangers 1 Kilmarnock 1 Rangers came out of this game with 39% possession and Kilmarnock with 61 which I was surprised about I, I, looked, I looked this up on Scout, and that was completely wrong it's so, completely wrong yeah. so they've got that K- wrong Rangers there. had uh, I think 71% possession I've got, I've got Hibs at 27% or sorry, Kilmarnock at 27% yeah, possession yeah, I think yeah. they got this one the wrong way around yeah. and they had uh, the corners Rangers 9 uh, and Kilmarnock 2 yeah, well, it's a disappointing defeat for Kelly. Um, no, uh, I it was a very good Kilmarnock performance um, and could very easily have won the game. Um, the yeah, the, the first half it, it was it was kind of classic Steve Clark against a, a big team essentially. Sit back, soak up the pressure, hit on the counter attack, hope for mistakes, rely on your centre half being really solid, rely on the midfield being the the. Well, not quite the best in Scotland, but just one of the best in the Scotland. Yeah, and and hope you know that you get kind of some pace going into the team and stuff like that. And and all of that came together very well. And it was one of those ones. Once we went one up, I kind of 
wasn't convinced Rangers were going to get back into it. They, they did ultimately, but it did take a, a, a an absolutely fantastic goal. I don't think it's been yeah, it's really good. The yep. attention, um, it wasn't quite as good, but you think of the Bergkamp one, yeah, that's, um, that's the one that and it kind of flicks the ball one way, spins his body the other way. And the, the strength he shows yeah. at the same time, though. I, I mean, that's what the, I'm not trying to take anything away from that Bearcamp goal at all because it's one of the best goals of all time. <laughs> but Bearcamp, he's not using his strength to kind of yeah. fit him. So yeah. that, that, that uh, the Morelos one's got that element where it's because uh, that's a huge part of his game. That, that's the one that popped out of my head because I've watched it a bunch of times. I'm still not entirely sure how you do that with the football. I don't understand how you flick it. That is against yeah. an international quality. Yeah, that's what you well. do, yeah. <laughs> um, I thought it was an um, especially impressive performance and result from Kilmarnock because and this and this may be because the last result that Rangers had was almost season ending but um, every time Rangers have had a big setback like that they've come back and they've won the next game they've responded very well this season their issue has been the amount of times that they've tripped up so I thought that this was a particularly um, impressive result and performance from Kilmarnock given those things I would say that but however um Gerard's big problem all season has been beating the, the teams that were in the top five last season. He I've, has two wins. I've, I've got I've, I've, I've actually got a bit full, full stats of this. Yeah. I, I included cup, cup games as well. So he's, he's played Aberdeen six times, he's beaten them once. He's played Celtic twice, so he's beaten them once. Uh, played Kelly six times, has won twice. Um, has played Hearts twice. One twice. Yeah. There's two things you can rely Craig Levine to do is lose to Rangers and not win trophies. <laughs> uh, he's played Hibs three times and hasn't won once. He's, he's drawn all three games. So, like you say, it's the, the, top, the, the way the top six is now is, is looking like this will be the top six teams. Yeah, which is the same as last year. Yeah. Um, and yet it just is not picking up wins. And Hearts teams. will do terribly because Hearts are terrible. They'll still be against these teams after we'll, the we'll, we'll, we'll beat we'll Aberdeen. Go, we'll go on to Hearts. We'll go on we'll to Hearts. We'll beat Aberdeen and we'll lose the rest. Um, just on, on Kilmarnock and the performance as well, um, there's actually an article by uh, Blair Newman in the, in the Herald which is very much uh, worth having a look at explaining. Um, talking about teams having again, I was going to do a bit of possession here but no we've already done, we've already done possession um, if somebody's not seen us on Twitter today that's going to sound really weird yeah, no. um, but there's a, he was doing a, he's, he's done a, a whole piece about uh, Kilmarnock winning games without the ball um, and it's, it's absolutely worth worth looking at as well um, and talking about they've had 20, 27% possession of this game they've had averaged 46 across the course of the season and just highlighting how they they and a lot of other teams have done this as well and it's it, it's how Tavernier continually looks exposed and it's because teams attack Rangers in the transition phase of Tavernier going forward because of course you do but it's, it's very much it's very much worth looking at as well but uh, just aside from that how funny is it that Alan McGregor in a moment of pulling out of the Scotland squad with about 20 minutes notice presumably to make some sort of point I don't yeah. know what his point is I don't know whether he, he I presume something along the lines of he was told you're number two to Scott Bain no, I think it's the compliance officer decision. The compliance officer I think it's hundred percent that one or one or the other, whichever way it is, to pull out the squad and say, "Oh no, I don't want to play international football," and then and then prove the next two games why he probably shouldn't have been picked anyway. Well, maybe yeah. not picked, but not not, really, not starting. Really, really good stuff. He completely really, really great stuff to lost the head in that game against Aberdeen. Yeah. Every time there was a foul, I mean, there was a foul on him, which he went down clutching his shin and was up again in a second. Yeah. And he he exaggerated the contact and then was pointing at himself saying that's what I got done for he did the same when May put a challenge in on Goldson I think just right in front of him which uh, wasn't a book which not what no, he, he, caught, was, he was booked for he, it. He, 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 didn't, he, he caught him with his trailing. He was trying to block him, and he caught him with his trailing leg. But he, he didn't go through him, and he didn't he didn't like plant studs on a on a standing leg or anything like that. He got um, booked. He got booked in this game. And he got booked in 
this game for tearing out of his goal to um, complain about a penalty decision that had was up the other end of the park. Yeah. Um, and then he also um, had a moment of madness where it was like he held down L1 on FIFA. <laughs> And he had a similar moment like that uh, with against Aberdeen yeah. as well, where he came running out of the yeah. box and he was shouting at Warrell to leave it. And he just looks like... I mean, he's had a great season. Um, before the last couple of games, you could argue he's uh, team of the year for, uh, if you're picking goalkeepers. Um, but he has completely... It looks like he has completely lost the head the, in the yeah, last two matches. Was, that was completely... Yeah, it was like he's just... It's like He's like, he's going, I'm going to come and get this. I'm, he's wound up and... Essentially, it's been job done by Kelly to wind Rangers up the way they did. And McGregor comes, he's 37 years old, of course you're not going to get that ball. But I've heard people argue that he couldn't go for it because he was already... he was 25 years old, he wouldn't have got that ball either. I've heard people argue that he couldn't put a challenge in because he was already on a booking. But if he puts a challenge in, he's off. But it was, uh, and and fair play to McElhaney, who... He's a funny player because... Every time I've so cool. Every time I've seen him, he looks he looks really, really talented. Like not not as good as Greg Stewart, but in the same mode. But he came in the team. He, the first game he played, I thought, yeah, against Rangers, it was in the um, the first time I saw him play. Certainly in the cup, he was very good. Um, really good feet. Uh, he, he then scored against Dundee, and he's uh, I think his first start or his first league start at least. And it's then not big that up too much. Um, well, no, that's true. <laughs> and then, but then he kind of it never happened for him. He got dropped, but then he came. Um, he obviously came back on for um, for Jones. Uh, sorry, for Brophy yep. uh, very quickly in this game. And yeah, it was it was a big impact that he made with that goal. Um, the, the other thing on McGregor just for the end, if you watch back the um, Goldstone challenge on Miller, the ball falls through to McGregor, and McGregor tries to put the ball at uh, Miller's head while he's lying on the ground. He missed, um, but yeah, he's just he's just his head's gone, and hopefully it continues uh, for the rest of the season. <laughs> um, well, what was the cluster of pigeons, the pigeons on the pitch all about? That's I was very I was very curious about that. I I can only presume that the, the Ibrox pitch is absolutely covered in grass seed at the moment. I have no idea. There was but, different parts of the pitch that were, and they, they would. Just, they would it's stay. a real shame they don't do a story of the match because there could be some beautiful shots. They are really, really good slow mo shots in black and white of pigeons flying about. Um, the the player for Kelly I want to pick out, and you kind of mentioned the earlier, was Gary Dicker. He's usually overshadowed by Power because Power's better. Um, <laughs> but Dicker, Dicker had. Uh, I they, bet he doesn't make as good a result, though. No, probably not, but he's. Uh, I've been nobody's going to get that cake. <laughs> um, but you, Dicker, um, has had a very good season. He started off poorly, obviously, the red card against Hearts and all that sort of stuff. He, he was out of the team for a wee while. But the two of them, as that fulcrum in the midfield, are just astonishing. Um, they just they, they don't lose the ball. They don't do anything stupid. In terms of interceptions, they're just constantly winning it back. The analysis of them on a sports scene was brilliant. Um, but, yeah, um, Jack Byrne... Um, has just been called up to the Ireland squad. Jack Burns, who right? could not get anywhere near the team with the two of them. Well, of there was personal stuff going on yeah. as well, but he would have literally had to be in PLO to get in the Kelly team. But the two Irish players who are the absolute rocks of that midfield are um, not included, which is... I don't want to sound like one of these like Sheffield United fans that's constantly moaning at some shit mediocre guy, Cal, you can't get in the squad, but um, it has seemed very odd. Right, just, 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 just quickly just before we move on as well just, I just wanted to talk about rugged Cole Marnock and not being, that's exactly what I was going to bring up you know, we're all good. rugged Cole Marnock being absolutely unbothered by the, the heat of Ibrox I think um, Craig and I were talking about this uh, off air just before we came on and uh, I'm of the opinion that 
the Mackenzie one was maybe a booking. What was the one that was just right on the touchline? That was borderline red Finkley. card. Yeah, that was. He, I mean, it's just the way Gresler goes down. Uh, he, he's. I, I liked the commentary that uh, made it sound as if Kelly would be deliberately targeting. Eros Gredster <laughs> like not James Dallin or Ryan Kenneth every time Gredster appears I, I suddenly remember that Gredster's there and the Rangers paid £2 million for him like, well, only, re- reappearing in the squad was a real surprise only Callum Patterson has to worry about getting roasted by him um, <laughs> but yeah that one was borderline red um, it was, it was an, an attempt um, at the ball it was late it was rash it, it wasn't was just, but you see the way the way Gredster hits the deck after it I mean he's he's endangered he's yeah, I mean, he's yeah, he's hard. endangered them through doing that. My, but my, the worst my, my, good, my good friend Stephen O'Donnell sending somebody flying as well, which is <laughs> yeah. thoroughly enjoyable. Yeah. Well, that was just an obstruction. I think that yeah. yellow card was fair. Yeah. Um, but Goldson one was the, was the worst tackle of the day. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's just I, I again, it made an absolutely no impact on the game because well, it was literally the, yeah. essentially the last chance of the game anyway. So. I doubt that Chris Burt's free kick would still have gone wide whether Goldson was on the park or not. But, um, uh, yeah, it was just one of those. It definitely could have been a red card for two different reasons, which is that Miller was potentially in a goal, yep. but actually the challenge itself was really high. No attempt to play the ball. It was um, it was a pretty bad challenge. Um, but the thing was, that the stats from the game, Kelly, as a hipster podcast, we need to chuck as many stats as we can in. 15 fouls was how many Kelly committed. That's one every six minutes. It's not quite the barrage that Stephen Gerrard suggested. And, and as they pointed out on sports scene, most of them were near the end of the game, which is yeah. probably why it was in his mind. Kelly were getting tired. Um, and the fact they didn't win, which is yeah, probably in his mind. Well, as that's well. always in his mind. But, um, <laughs> so, I mean. It's Rangers, all this chat about battle fever, and then as soon as there's a battle, they don't want to get absolutely involved in it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely not. It was, it's, like, it's, they're, they're a bunch of hard, they're a hard team as well, so just get on with it. Like, I don't understand. They, they'll go out and play Celtic exactly that way next week. And they, in fact, they were praising Andy Halliday for um, jumping putting, in a tackle yeah. Yeah, in the first two minutes of yeah. the game, and that, that set the tone. Well, I'm totally with you as well. There's a few times over the past couple of years, essentially every time Peter Hartley does pre match pressers. The battle fever's out and again there's nowhere to be seen. Yeah. Nothing. Well, another team I wish would battle a bit more is Hearts. We went to the C B D Hope Arena. Is it Arena? Stadium? God sure. Knows. It's I got an the sponsor correct. Um, and they it's are, not the Stadium of Hope now. I think they re- I think they changed it again. I think it's now the Stadium of Hope. Just to take the C B D bit out I of it. I think so, yes. Yeah. It's, it's perfectly legal. Um but Hearts came away with a fifty eight forty two possession victory and a five to three corner victory. Yeah, well that would be an astonishing um, turn of events for Hearts Nicolosian. Well Actually done. winning a game of football. Yeah. <laughs> um but no the Aki's were well well worth that Hearts Hearts have either have had only had two two types of performance this season which has been like Vibrant and insipid, and that was very much it. There's, there's nothing in between there either. Well, I think recently, um, even the wins have been shit. I mean, <laughs> hearts, hearts have, and, and I think was it was it last week I was asked um, how Hearts' season should be viewed, and I said it's very much very much on the fence about it at the moment. It could go either way. We could go win a cup uh, and qualify for Europe through through the league positions. We could. Some it's not going to happen now, but some catastrophic <laughs> collapse. We could have dropped out the top six and gone out to Partick Thistle in the quarterfinal replay. And I think since then the two results have just shown exactly, have proved exactly that we've gone through against Partick Thistle, and then we've gone to Aki's, who've just been murdered by Motherwell the week before, and 
and barely laid a glove on them. And then if you look back a little bit further, um, the Dundee game, so the last two wins, the last two wins, Hearts have been shit in the games. It was a very, very um, Hamilton Aki's goal. That, that goal, I feel like that goal McGowan scored, I've seen that before. Uh, I think it's, <clears throat> I think you might be thinking of Stephen Boyd. Vo- oh no, uh, yeah, it was Stephen Boyd volleying in against Dundee. Yeah, and again, just sort of daft, like swinging, just, and again, it's just swinging. It's a, it's a smashing finish, and the boy deserves all the credit. Were you able is. to drive a bus that see that red bus behind the goal? Were you able to drive that through the Dundee defence that day as well? Yes, absolutely. It's yeah. Dundee defence, so yeah, I, I would say so. Uh, but it's just the ball was there, it was swinging a leg on it. What I did think was interesting from that, and from the, sort of the clips of the game in general, is the, the difference in front men uh, yeah. between the two teams. And again, I realise that. Uh, Sort of kicking David Vanacek while he's down is, is possibly sort of old hat by this point, but it's still funny though. Yeah, it's still good. But his first half performance was essentially, I think he had, he, he came as close. He almost to, scored twice, Graham. One was an own goal. <laughs> <laughs> one was the, the, the one that he fired just over his own bar, um, and one which he fired into the Hamilton Aki's bar. Um, but aside, it was mainly just bad touches and fouls he gave away. He, he really doesn't seem to be grasping the pace of. The top flight. Um, on the flip side, uh, George Oakley again a good bit of praise for him, and the, the goal comes from him doing what Vanacek could not do. Uh, Vanacek looks very much like he needs a centre forward to play right beside him because he's winning a lot of flick-ons to nobody in particular, but trying to get him to flick it left or right of himself seems very challenging for him. He's hitting a lot of balls back a good 20-30 yards at a time, um, but trying to flick on to somebody running on. But either the Hearts midfielders or, or his partner aren't getting there, or alternatively they're just. He, he just can't do it he's, he's so unreliable whereas Oakley takes the ball in immediately and he, he did it several times with that, got a, just just that distance away from the heart centre halves that he's not going to get thrown about like empty tracky like you imagine he might do with the heart centre halves um, but just taking the ball moving out wide and finding somebody and it was just in that moment for the particularly for Daki's goal obviously it sort of sticks out but just that that one movement of taking the ball moving it off to a winger and then letting him put it in and Hearts couldn't do that all day um, and that was certainly with Vanacek and then the second half of the G as well Yeah, Levine said after the game that Hart, he never really felt under pressure and then but even just going by the highlights um, Miller was pretty much through one-on-one with um, Slamal which yep. I think he chipped over over the bar um, Vanacek as you've said Vanacek sorry was inches away from putting the ball on his own goal uh, McGowan had a free header not long before he scored, there was a Gogic header in the second half as well. Um, and yeah, if anybody was going to score uh, more, more than sorry, if anybody was going to score other than McGowan's goal, it was it was going to be Hamilton. It's good that Craig Levine doesn't feel any pressure because I mean, presumably Craig Levine is under some pressure. Yeah, well, if he wasn't his own boss. Well, yeah, <laughs> from what I can tell, he still very much splits the Hearts' opinion. I think it's. Uh... But if if Levine makes it to the Scottish Cup final. Uh, presumably doesn't win it because it's on brand, um, but beats Hibs twice before the end of the season. Is that enough for Levine to be Hearts manager next year? That would, that would please some Hibs fans, yeah, because <laughs> apparently winning the championship with a record points total and going to second in the league, but losing to Hibs along the way of all that isn't good enough. Yeah, but yeah, if you if you beat uh, generally though, is that, is that enough for Craig Levine for the rest of the season? Loses every game. But like he did yeah, at the end of, twice. But at the end of, like he did at the end of last season, just stack the deck so that whenever you come up against Hibs, you've got all the boys ready to go and play, and then you win because that's all that matters. Um, you're not going to challenge higher up the table. Uh, you're going to be in the top six regardless. Scrape past Inverness and then see what happens in the final. But it's sure like 
I can fully understand if Hearts fans are frustrated with it, given where they were. Maybe they're not going to win the league, but everything falling apart the way that it has, and just the performances that Hearts are turning in just now, as you say, it's good that it doesn't feel pressure. Yeah, so do we finish up with talking about Hamilton for a wee bit, or Hamilton safe, Craig? We're not safe, obviously, but yes. they, they do look better than... Do you think they are? I think they're safe. Right, do okay. you think if they lost every single game between now and the end of the season, they would stay up? Yes, because Dundee are not going to score seven points. But, but they would obviously get three against Hamilton. Dundee are still not going to score seven um, points. No, I think I think they will stay up. Um, I think Rice Rice has come in and already. I think four games. He's, sorry, seven games. He's taken ten points. Um, Cannon took fourteen from <laughs> twenty three. So uh, immediately a massive improvement, and that's all they needed. They just needed someone to come in and win a few games, and and they've got it. And they you can't see them. We've got eight games between now and the end of the season, mostly against rubbish teams. Um, you can't see them not winning three more. Um, which will be more than enough to keep them keep them up, and they just they just look like they've always kind of you know um, people are like oh what do you expect from Cannon you know because and, and, and that, to some extent it's true because he's got, yeah. he's got no budget but the players he's got the players in that squad aren't terrible. Um, there's, there's, some of them are. No, some of them some of them are very very much terrible. But they've got bits and pieces where like he's all right. Like McGowan always, I think, looks decent enough. And he's, um, he's more than anything. He's making use of McEw- like guys like Michael Miller now. Yeah. Uh, instead of right, what you're going to do is you're going to play out in the wing, and what I'm going to need you to do is track the fullback for ninety minutes. Why? Like it's just a total waste of a player. Like Miller, he never looks particularly comfortable in front of goal. As he as you said, he's bearing down on, on, on Slamo, but he's a good player. He's a good player and is capable of doing vastly more than canning it. Let him or allowed him to do. But yeah, they're they're an improved team. Oakley's made a difference, as we mentioned earlier as well. Just in terms of having a proper centre forward, which they've not had in years. Yeah. Like, it's a very good signing that nobody saw coming. No. Yeah, well, you're not. Like, the guy wasn't exactly... We laughed at it. Yeah, I, I certainly laughed at it. I was wrong. He wasn't exactly pulling up trees at Inverness. He was doing fine. Yeah. Like, they were quite sad to see him go, but not, like, devastated yeah. to see him go. Um, although it does seem to have also had a kind of a downward effect on them because they've... Okay, they, they got through in the cup, but aside from that, the league form's not been... I mean, it's not been brilliant all season, but it's... Um, it's They've started losing a few more than they've been drawing. So, um, yeah, he's clearly a player who um, <coughs> was a really shrewd bit of business. Right, we'll move on to the next game, which is up at Pataudry, which Aberdeen continued their horrendous run of home results um, with a one-all draw against Livingston. Aberdeen got 56% possession in this one, and Livingston 44, and then Aberdeen also edged it on corners by 4-3. to three. Good. I think in every game so far, the team with most possession has also had the most corners. That's uh, the sort of analysis that you come to this podcast for. Um, Aberdeen are dead weird. Yeah. Like, Aberdeen are. I've said this, but Aberdeen's. The, I've been trying to sort of figure out the best way to explain this, but Aberdeen now are no longer flat track bullies like they used to be, and they just beat everybody. And they've got over their Glasgow um, well, yeah, mental block. Because they now win big games. They don't win every game anymore. They don't go on like nine game unbeaten runs and then travel to Glasgow and lose they just win big games they, they go to Ibrox and win they come to Hamden and beat Rangers um, it's weird like, I, I, don't, I don't know what's I don't, I, don't, I don't know whether it's the personnel or whether it's the mentality within it but just the team as it is just now doesn't look capable of breaking down a team so for example Livingston at home they, they just didn't seem able to 
play their way through them. Um, whereas you've got to Glasgow and you need to set up in a way that you can't concede, but you're definitely going to score. And you back them to score every time you turn up at Ibrox now. And again, you'd back them the Scottish Cup semi final, you'd back them to score again. Maybe they won't win, but they're definitely going to score one in the break or be, be competitive in the game in a way which over the past five years you would say it's not the sort of thing you'd back for. I think it's the, the players that they've kind of come into the team are, are players with a bit more character about them. Like um, someone like Ferguson, he's just he's just fearless. Yeah. He just comes in the team, and so when they say big games, right, he, he's not, he he's not up, worried. Yeah. He thinks I'm, I belong here. It's fine. McKenna, the same. Yeah. These are guys who maybe weren't in the kind of weren't prominent players in the kind of uh, bottle era, um, but at the same time, yeah, those same players are less experienced in terms of being able to kind of see through the shit game, see through the game against when you go one 0 up against Livingston at home, you expect to win. Like they should be winning that game, yeah. and so that kind of thing is when the lack of experience. Okay, McKenna wasn't playing, but the, the um, sorry, or sorry, he was playing, but with um, problems. But um, the uh, lack of experience that they have in the team, from that point of view, maybe holds up holds them back to some extent. Yeah, I think he played with Strappen. Yeah, on sorry, I don't know I, if it was just for the second half or if it was for the whole game, but he, he only played because. Uh, Considine only played the whole game because Considine was already out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely a curious one because when you look at the list of teams that they failed to win against at Pataudry, the season the only team they beat this year is Queen of the South, and then all the ones that they failed to win against is Livingston, Hamilton, Stenhouse Muir. <laughs> Um, there's another team from Kelly, the bottom they six. Played, isn't no, no, they played Kelly. I'm no, sure no, there's another no, team no. from the bottom six as well, and it, it's just it's an odd list of teams to not pick up three points against or against any of. Yeah. Um, it's <clears throat> also interesting that's, that's Livingston have now taken points off everyone in the league. Yes, with a, with a draw against Aberdeen, so that's then again. It's, it, it feels a bit again a bit old hat to sort of praise Livingston, uh, but. Just the whole journey for them—it remains ridiculous. They seem to have re- regained that uh, that kind of team spirit again. That yeah, they have, I mean, I wouldn't say they would have lost the team spirit, but the the team spirit that then converted into results seems to have returned after a very um, a, a little bit of a barren spell. And not also um, the other stat I saw was that. Um, if, if I'm allowed to get a little bit hipster for a second, is that that was the first away goal they've scored since December or something like that which was, was that away to Hibs I can't remember but it's a, yeah. first away goal they scored in a long time as well uh, shout out to just a, to, a call back to Joel as well because he absolutely ruined my, what I was going to talk about with uh, Steve Lawson as well because essentially from when he came on when Liverpool was 3 down out against Motherwell every time I've seen Lawson he's looked absolutely fantastic yeah he's been great really really terrific very good against St Johnston that and he's a total he's internationalist called Steve Lawson which in, uh, all season long I've, I've been willing Steve Lawson to do well because he's a total internationalist called Steve um, which is thoroughly enjoyable but I, I just I, coming back to sort of Livy's Livy sort of character spirit, it's, it, it, it does feel a bit sort of empty saying that but Craig Halkett is just the, the embodiment of it. and I, I He's such a handsome man as well. Just, I think it's I, underrated how handsome he is. He's, he's this really, really, like, really, really pleasant guy as well. He's a quiet, softly spoken guy. And then you see him on the field and he's just absolutely fantastic. And that goal is just everything, like, everything what I've enjoyed about Livingston this season and everything what the whole reason why I've loved Halkett this season as well. I think 
as much as it was that sort of ongoing joke of every time there's a, an SFA announcement for a squad, whereas, and again, Halkett's actually weirdly unfortunate given that at any point in the past five years he would have been nailed on in the squad because we haven't had any centre-halves anywhere. He is a bit, he has turned up at a time rather unfortunately for himself where we do actually have a, a plethora all, of options in there. His age, as yeah. well in that kind of same bracket, like uh, if you look at the squad now, what's there is Suter, McKenna, Bates and Finlay yeah. are all kind of 22, 23 years old yeah. which is where, where Halkett is as well he will get chances I'm absolutely, sure absolutely will but the, the, the thing that fascinates me with that Livingston team it's the, it's the thing I think I love the most about them is the amount of times our centre halves end up in weird positions on That's the correct. park like having centre halves crossing the ball and it happens a lot because, especially with the, the long throws when it sometimes well Lithgow takes them <laughs> Gallagher's at front post Halkett sometimes at the back post as well Sometimes it comes back to Lithgow, and he's obviously played as fullback, so it's not as funny when yeah. Lithgow gets the ball away. But sometimes it comes to Gallagher with his back to goal, and he's like out on the touchline, <laughs> trying to do cross turns and stuff. Well, and there was one it, point when Halkett won the ball around the halfway line, right next to the dugouts, right on the kind of the side of the pitch, and uh, then took it on a dribble, shielded it off a couple of players, uh, tried to do a turn. Or I think he came inside, uh, past the player, shielded it off a couple of guys, and then won a foul, and it was just uh, yeah. With, was, with the greatest, that's your centre half. With the greatest respect to Hearts as well, are we astonished if they because? Uh, Obviously, Halkett to Hearts seems to be the, the, the chosen path of how that's It seems go. to be getting talked about too much now that somebody else is going to swoon in. I'm astonished if he ends up at Hearts because I, I just I think I, I've said this all season. Like, I think Halkett's absolutely fantastic. And again, it seems like a not a sideways step, but not a big enough step for him. I think he can go. I think he can go higher than that. I, I just think he's absolutely brilliant. And again, I just my ongoing love for Craig Halkett's enormous. And a shout out to Craig Sibold because um, a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago. I said that he didn't really fit into this Livy team, and he's got that right up me by scoring. <laughs> that was his, twice that in the was his last motivation. Craig. Probably was his um, motivation. But no, I, I think uh, just one thing I wanted to mention before we finish that game is um, it's been a weekend of really good goals that I don't think got enough cra- uh, yeah. praise. McGinn's finish was superb. We didn't yeah. mention the McGowan one, that was a really good finish yeah, as well. Oh, that's yeah, what yeah. I mean. Yeah. Again, but nobody went, oh, what a brilliant goal that was from Morelos, what a brilliant goal that was from McGinn. Um, what a brilliant goal that was from the other person who I said there was controversial refereeing decisions um, to talk about yeah. Craig uh, yeah. and banners getting taken down it just yeah, it just it was funny because yeah, those were those were some fantastic goals and, and McGinn's was yeah, not many players in the league have the technique to score that goal yep. um, he might he might kind of he's, fade he's in and out of games a lot but, more yeah. than he used to but he's um, yeah you can see why he still gets a game Right, we'll move on to our final game. Man, links have been terrible this evening, but I am not apologising. Where it was Dundee nil, Celtic one. Dundee had a mere 37% possession in this one, with uh, Celtic clocking up 63, and they also absolutely tanked them in the corner stakes by 12-5. to 5. Edward with another last-minute winner for Lennon. Is this sustainable? Well, I mean, they're going to win the league. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. In, in that sense, yes, it's fully totally sustainable. <laughs> it's three, three away games in a row where they've, they've won it. Um, Scott Brown against Kelly and then Edward against both Hearts uh, and Dundee they're fundamentally nowhere near as good as they were last season nowhere near as good as they were last season and last season they were nowhere near as good as they were two seasons ago and I think that shows how good they were two seasons ago that they are still comfortably um, going to to win the league Um, there there do have to be some question marks about that team in general though Um, Right back is an issue. Um, Lustig's about to get shipped out for glue. Tolyan's rubbish. Celtic fans turning on uh, Tolyan yeah, over the weekend. Called it. 
Yes. It's just not. It's just. I thought the first, the first game I saw him play, I thought he, he looked was, a class above. He looked very good. Game, yeah. And then since then, nope. And um, Edward, 9 million quid. Okay, he's called I really like Edward. Yeah, he's still very young. See, see, if you can, see if you can get your, your, your uh, receipt for that and get a refund on it, I'd take a refund yeah, on it. Yeah, right? like he's, he is good, and I understand why you like him. Right, he's, he's, he's really young. He's a really good well. player, and he is very he's young. Injury but, problems. But is he. Is he if you look at how much Rangers got Morelos for, and you yeah. would rather take Morelos right yeah. now. And you, okay, you, okay, Rangers are going to sell Morelos for more than nine million, so it's kind of in between somewhere. But the um, if, you, if, you, if you want, if you're going to spend, if you if you're an old fan team that's going to spend nine million pounds on a centre forward, you want one that bags forty goals a season. Yeah, that, that's because you're spending so much more than anyone else can even approach affording. So if you're going to spend nine million pounds, you want a huge return on it. And Wiley has been very good. I agree, he's not been £9 million return. Yeah, Sam Cosgrove is about the same age and cost what was it, what, 40 grand or something. <laughs> and okay, I'm, I'm making a silly point, and yeah. of course, he's, he is a very good player. But, but the, the, the truth is somewhere in the yeah. middle there between £9, nine million pounds for Edward and 20 quid for Sam Cosgrove. Um, so I, they do have question marks there. Um, we, as um, amazingly enough, after all the hype, has not been quite as good as um, people were. were um, thinking he was after he scored a couple of goals in matches that were already won um, so they, they do have a bit of a, an issue up front which they've kind of had with the exception of the Dembele when Griffiths hasn't been there they've had a problem with scoring goals for years That that's always been short term stop gap options you know your John Godetti's and these guys who've come in briefly yeah. scored some goals and then disappeared again and that's something they're going to need to work out next season. What is it that they want for their centre forward? Is Edward going to be the guy? Yeah. Is someone else going to come in? Has there been someone as has, has they had that? Have they had that sort of reliable centre forward since like Gary Hooper? Yeah. Has there been somebody since then that you've got in? You've got aside from as you say, I said Dembele, and again Dembele was far as much a, a big game player yeah. as well for that as well. But you, so there's a gap in there of a, a series of. Colin Callis and Richards and, and Carlton Coles and Timo Pookies and whatever Miku. else Mikus Baldy Baldy we could be here all day yeah, <laughs> yeah. maybe that's a, a, a Patreon where we just name name <laughs> Celtic players like there's a lot of them just players in general uh, are we all super hyped for the Dundee Derby playoff though That's, that we wouldn't are... be class as a playoff it's going to happen can we give a special mention um Woods, I'm, oh, I've totally blanked on his first Martin name. Woods. Martin Woods for uh, his part in that uh, one goal. Twice. Well, he, not only that, but the counter attack, which, I mean, he's one of the. He is to blame, awesome. but not the most to blame. But he, See, he, he shoots, he's, he's never going to score no, when no, he hits that, that's that shot. No, no, that's, right? that's, to me, that's worse than the mistake. The, the pass was the, the worst the, part yeah, of no, it. That, that's, a, that's a, a player who's tried to make a pass and has fucked it up. Yep. But his decision was correct. He tried to do the right thing. He just badly executed. Probably it. should have uh, um, switched the play to the guy on the other side. Woods, but, Woods yeah. is, is a me 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 moment. It's yeah. I'm going to try and score a goal here. It was never on. He could have turned back and you still found somebody in space. The points big for you. Why are you doing it? You're trying. It's about himself, and that's there the type are. of player Martin Woods. So is. there was that. Then they no, went just, just, just on that as well. There are three Dundee players breaking on that uh-huh. turn up the pitch. I think it's break. four actually. Four. Yeah. Did anyone watching that think Dundee might score here? <laughs> no. Did they fuck? <laughs> well, if not maybe, a single person watching that thought you know Dundee had got to score here. Got the 
Thunderbolt was it Curran that was 27 the, the, uh, the guy that was on the one of, probably, the right. one of them's probably Curran but they maybe got him through and goal but even then the, the, no. the state of him and the counter attack before that maybe not <laughs> um, but yeah so Woods he has that shot um, and, and that counter attack which brings that to an end and then Celtic counter attack from there Dundee get back into position they win the ball back Woods plays this lazy outside of the boot pass in a terrible position to be gambling with something like that. I mean, he'd be better just emptying it. And then um, he's done right at the end by... um he follows Forrest in and he gets done by Forrest's pace. And he doesn't really get done by, he falls over. Well, he, he's a little he's he's a little too slow to react to yeah. it. He kind of follows in and then um, holds his line and then because um, he, he, Forrest is so quick off the mark and then he, um, he goes to slide in and Forrest just very cleverly um, holds it for a beat before actually touching the ball and yeah he, he does him so and again, Ma- a- Martin Woods is, um, his his part in that goal was uh, yeah threefold and- but again his failure attempt to the ball was bad decision making getting skint by James Forrest anyway, that can happen to anyone but the Celtic are not going to score when the ball's 150 yards from your goal yep. so put it into the stand and don't don't worry go about the, it go into the corner just, just yeah, that's it. it. I mean, empty it would have maybe looked a bit stupid from there, but um, he could have at least punted it into a corner for a forward to chase or something yeah. like that. Em- empty it and let somebody and then let everybody sort themselves out. But yeah, yeah to come back to your point, uh, Dundee Derby, if uh, Dundee United don't bottle the the playoffs, they'll just about get there. Then uh, yeah, we could very well have uh, Dundee relegated at Dens. It would be Dundee, Dundee United relegating Dundee at Dens, yes. That'll be fine. Let's have it. Let's have it. I, I, it's, it's absolutely going to happen. There's no Dundee are not going to score seven more points now. No, no, but Craig, Craig Curran going back. To... <laughs> Will Dundee United fans notice that he's actually returned? Yeah. Will they remember him as a Dundee United centre yeah. forward? Because I forget that he was Dundee United centre forward as well, but. There's, there is no chance that Dundee are going to score seven more points than Halton Ackies between now and the end of the season. Seems unlikely. It's, yeah, somehow, as we said off season long, at some point, Ackies will get a string a couple of results together and will get themselves out of it. Dundee, despite playing better, are still not picking up points. Still don't look like capable of scoring goals. The good news was they didn't drop anything on St Mirren this weekend, so small <laughs> mercies and all that. Yeah. Right, any more guys? No, I've got no, no. We'll leave it there. Um, you guys can get us all the usual channels. I'm not going to run through them. We are going to nip over and do... Well, we're going to stay here. Yeah, we're going to stay where are we going. Do a Patreon where we're going to trial a new feature called Mind That. And um, if you want to listen to that and you haven't already subscribed, it's, terrace, it's patreon.com forward slash terrace podcast. I think that's correct. Yep. You'll find it. Google it. Google's your friend. And, um, and a bit like uh, Stephen Gerrard interview, there's lots of tears for the Patreon. Exactly. Exactly. And um, yeah, there's lots of other good content there that you should be checking out. Um, but all that's left to say is bye, guys. Goodbye. That was a garbled intro. Outro. Damn. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.